What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Take 24 of Take It On, the mental health podcast for young men. I'm Jonah Jacobs here with my co-host, Reed Milkins, and we've got a real special episode for you all today. We're going to be speaking with Dean Pullman of Manflow Yoga for a really brilliant conversation about all things yoga, its physical and mental benefits, some surprising applicability uh, for your life outside the mat, and some really just valuable wellness and life advice. Dean was a perfect guest for the show, been a follower of his for a couple of years now, and as two, as two athletes interested in yoga, uh, Reed and I really, really got a lot from this conversation and hope you all do too. Reed, anything you want to add, man? You put it perfectly. And I think uh, this conversation with Dean is really incredible. And, you know, uh, I can't wait for you guys to hear it. And now we are joined by Dean Pullman, the CEO of Manflow Yoga, a yoga brand and training program and recent author of Yoga for Athletes. Dean, welcome to the show. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Of course. Super happy to have you. Um, let's start with uh, just how you began your, your journey with yoga. And how did that lead to it becoming your lifestyle and profession? Yeah. So, um, I've always been into fitness. I've been an athlete my entire life. Um, I started playing, I mean, I started playing sports when I was five, I played soccer, baseball, lacrosse, football, tennis. I mean, I've done pretty much every sport that I could. I eventually, um, got specialized in lacrosse and that was like, you know, that was my go-to sport. And I started doing yoga actually on, um, complete accident. So, uh, I was at, I was actually looking for the tailor one day and I stumbled into a yoga studio. Um, and I was about to go work out anyways. So I thought, okay, well maybe I'll just talk to them and see like, Hey, is this going to help me? I'm an athlete. Um, and they said, oh yeah, it's going to help with this and this, it's going to help your flexibility. And I was kind of like, okay, whatever. Um, and then 45 minutes in, they're like, okay, that's half the class. I'm like, oh my God, that was only half. You've got to be kidding me. Um, and it was easily the most, most challenging workout I've ever done. It was just, uh, super challenging. It, it, it pointed out a lot of my weaknesses, a lot of the gaps in my own training as an athlete and strength training in general. Um, and that inspired me to keep coming back and keep doing it. Um, so that was how I got started with yoga, uh, just finding something that was really challenging and, and intuitively understanding that because it was that challenging that I could become stronger by doing it repeatedly. Awesome. Um, I, I feel the same way in that I, I mean, I, I grew up an athlete. I, uh, in high school had to sort of pivot. I, I did debate in high school and college and, um, I still cared a lot about fitness. It's a huge part of my life right now. And I remember senior year, I got into yoga because I wanted to try like a different sort of fitness activity, but also as an important point of like stress management for me, mm -hmm. I really wanted to explore the uh, kind of mental health benefits of yoga. When did, when did those, uh, or when did you see those in your yoga journey? Hmm. I'm not sure if I can put like a specific timeline on when I realized those. Um, I think part of it was part of it was being just involved in yoga world. Like, um, I'm, I'm very much removed from yoga world right now. I don't go to yoga studios. I haven't gone to Stoke yoga studios regularly since probably 2014. Um, but when I was first starting out 2011, 2012, and I was going to yoga studios consistently, 
um, and I was interacting with yoga instructors, you know, you're just kind of, that's just kind of the, the speak. That's kind of just the culture um, of yoga studios is like this surrounding uh, or this idea of awareness of, of, of mindfulness and mental well-being. So I'm not quite sure when, you know, that all started uh, when I started noticing it more. Uh, but eventually I did notice that I was incorporating a lot more patience into a lot more patience, a lot more kind of awareness into my decisions. Um, I was, and I think that started with the practicing that while exercising. So, you know, something that's really cool is the way that you work out, the way that you do something, if you, you know, you really immerse yourself in it and there's a lot of intensity and there's frequency there and that carries over into other things. So I think what happened was I was just focusing on my body. I was focusing on my breathing and that just started to kind of slowly permeate into other areas of my life. I have a pretty similar experience with my start in yoga at our high school. We were lucky that there were quite a few options for our uh, physical education class and I'm a pretty sweaty guy. So if I had class in the middle of the day, I wanted to do something that was easy. It wasn't going to make me drenched going to class and feel gross. So yeah. I was like, okay, like yoga is probably pretty easy. I'll sign up for that. Uh, it was my first semester of my junior year. And the first day, quite similarly to you, I was drenched in sweat. And I was like, wow, this is only halfway done. This is really hard. Mm. Um, and it wasn't a regret. I wasn't thinking, oh, like, why did I do this? It was more so also as a lacrosse player, I was like, wow, like I can already feel the benefits in my athletics, in the, the weightlifting, because the lessons learned in yoga from the breathing to the commanding of your movements and just understanding that the way you control your body is really important for how you're moving. Um, that was huge for me. And now I still practice yoga. Um, occasionally last semester i was probably doing it more probably three times a week before i would lift i would watch a man flow yoga video on youtube just to you know get warmed up and the translation into lifting weights just being able to control my body and the mind muscle connection that comes from it is, mm -hmm. is really invaluable and also um being able to you know as a high schooler have a yoga break in the middle of the day for my mental health, that was awesome. If I was in class and I was stressed about whatever was going on, I knew that I had a 90 minute period where, you know, I'd just be listening to the instructor, listening to calm music and just moving my body in a productive way. Um, mm. You know, that's really great. I wish I could still be doing that as consistently. Um, but, you know, things come up. So the, the 15 minute videos of Manflow Yoga are kind of that perfect prescription for, for someone who, you know, can't necessarily dedicate those 90 minutes. Yeah, totally. I mean, you, you, you said it all. <laughs> I have nothing to add. <laughs> Dean, why don't you walk us through the, uh, the point where, you know, you got into yoga, you realized the, the physical benefits, what it added to your training, the imbalances and, uh, it's, it's spillover effects and then how it kind of became your, your lifestyle and took over the other sports you were involved in and ultimately led to your brand. Yeah. So while I was still in college and still playing lacrosse and that was, that was my main reason for doing yoga was because I wanted to be, 
I wanted to be better at what I, I'm a very, um, competitive athlete. I am typically where I shine is in the workouts. Um, so like if you're thinking about suicides or like sprints, I was always the guy who was first, no matter what. Um, even if there were guys who were faster on the team than me, I would, I would gut it out and I would be, I would be the guy who, who, who dominated those. Um, so that was where, you know, so for me, it was really in the, the physical results that I noticed that kept me encouraged to do yoga. Um, what I did notice first was just much more, I felt more efficient. I felt strong, but I felt lighter and more efficient. Like I felt like I had better control of my body. I was probably the same size. I was probably strong, just as strong, if not stronger, um, at least for the first few months compared to when I was only doing weights, but I felt much more in control of my body. I just felt way more fluid. Um, and if you can, you know, and if you do yoga for two or three months and you do it for about three times per week, you'll notice that. Um, I think that's the, that's a big thing. Um, as far as how did I get into, you know, how did it transition into a lifestyle? I don't know if I ever, you know, people say like, Dean, you're a yogi. And I'm like, eh, but am I, I mean, yeah, I do yoga, but like, I don't, I don't, I don't meditate for an hour a day. I don't like, you know, I eat meat. I, I, I do things that, that many yogis will, you know, will, will, will say like, well, that's not yoga. But as far as the, the movement practice, what I really like about it is the reasons, what I really like about it is how it's different from so many of my other workouts. It's slower moving. It gives me a chance to focus on my body, to focus on my breathing. It gives me an opportunity to work on my mobility. Um, it just, it just, it was so counter to what I was doing that, that it just, it just filled the gaps really well of what I was doing. And I felt better. Um, I, I eventually realized that I could start doing it in a way that would help with relieving stress, just doing it. Like if I noticed that I was really stressed or something was going on, I could spend 30, 45, 60 minutes doing yoga and I'd finished and I'd feel totally relaxed. Um, so eventually I learned that it could be a tool in my own lifestyle. Um, I started the YouTube channel because I thought yoga was really cool and I wanted to present it as a way that was kind of more mainstream for guys. So 2011, 2012, the yoga scene is a lot different than what it is now. I think yoga back then was still kind of like this emerging, oh, you do yoga? That's weird. Um, kind of vibe. And now if you go into most metropolitan areas, the, the yoga classes are, are evenly balanced, like 50 men, you know, 50, 50 men and women. It's not so, you know, it's not so female dominated anymore. Um, so I started manful yoga cause I wanted to show people, Hey, this is cool. Like, look at me. I'm like a, I'm like a Jack dude is doing yoga and I'm having fun and I feel a lot stronger because of it. So that was, that was the intention. I thought I was going to be like reaching guys like you. I was like, oh, all these 20 year olds are going to want to do yoga, get jacked with me. And like nobody who was following me was like 20 years old. Um, you know, mostly it was guys who were 40s, 50s, 60s, um, guys who weren't able to do some of the more traditional exercises, guys who had significant pain, who had joint discomfort, who had injuries they were dealing with, um, who weren't as flexible, like who would never be able to just jump into a random yoga studio class, be able to follow along. 
And so that's eventually who the brand um, developed for. It developed kind of as this, this, as this counter yoga, um, you know, brand that was for guys that was, that was non-spiritual um, that was focused on the proper technique modifications for inflexible guys um, poses that worked for guys who were newer and flexible. So, um, you know, and that's, that's really who, who what's developed for now, but you know, the cool thing about that is it doesn't just have to be people who are less flexible or, um, you know, or who aren't in great shape yet. It's also great for people who are athletes. It's great for people who are in good shape because there's so many ways that you can benefit from doing yoga without having to, without having to, you know, get into super flexible positions. Um, like for, for the most part, if you're, you know, if you're just a normal guy and you're interested in overall wellness and building strength and feeling good, you don't need to get super flexible. Um, you know, you just need to work on your mobility so that you can do certain things like being able to lift your arms overhead without arching your back, being able to sit into a nice squatting position, being able to get into a deep lunge. Um, these are all, these are the, you know, the basic movements. These are the things that your body needs to, to feel good. So, um, kind of a, kind of a longer answer, but basically, yeah, manful yoga evolved as a more functional down to earth, uh, approach to yoga specifically for men. So not, not the listeners, but Jonah and I can see behind you that you've got the squat rack there with a bench and a bunch of weights. So you mentioned that initially the, the demographic who was consuming man flow yoga content were guys who weren't doing that type of exercise for you mm -hmm. personally. And maybe if you've had feedback from guys who are into similar types of strength training, what has man flow yoga and your practicing of yoga done to benefit and change slash how do you find a balance between yoga and whatever type of strength training that you do? Yeah. So, and this is a conversation that goes on in the manful yoga community all the time. You know, I put out videos where I'm doing yoga and the question is, how did you get that way with only doing yoga? I'm like, bro, I've been an athlete my entire life. I'm not just doing yoga. I'm lifting weights too. I'm doing sprints. I'm doing all these other things. Um, but the truth is that, um, you know, they both complement each other perfectly. Like yoga's, I don't like the simplistic analogy that yoga is the yin and weightlifting is the yang because there's a lot of yang in yoga. It's just with body weight. You know, a lot of the, the yoga doesn't have to be this restorative, only stretching thing. There's so many things in yoga that are very intense, very challenging, but they're only using your body weight. So, um, really the, the big thing is like yoga is just going to do a lot of things that weight training is not. And then weight training is going to put more stress, more demands on your body in terms of overall load in a way that yoga and body weight alone cannot. So the short, have answer. you, have you noticed a significant, um, or, or any sort of increase in your ability, um, in strength training due to your practicing of yoga? Yeah, absolutely. So I actually took off weight training for about five years um, from like wow. 20. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Um, and then I looked in the mirror one day and I was like, what happened? Where am I? <laughs> like, I was just, I was like a shell of my former self. And I had just gotten used to really appreciating um, a low percentage of body fat that I was like, 
whoa, uh, there's no muscle here anymore. Uh, we need to fix this. So I, I did restart weightlifting um, probably in 2018. And I really committed last year. Um, and since then, I've gone from like 170 pounds and I'm like 185. I think at my highest, I was like 195. Um, so put on a lot of muscle in the last year. And what I've noticed is, yeah, things are just a lot easier when you have more mobility, when you have more body control, when you have more awareness, um, it's, it's just easier to strength train, to do those exercises, do them with proper technique, um, to, to, to be mindful of the technique, to make sure that you are noticing the different, the subtle nuances that make the exercise better or worse. But also aside from that, the ability to take care of my body outside of weight training. So the recovery, um, being able to know, okay, these are the stretches that I need to do to help with preventing this pain from happening in the future. Or these are the stretches that I need to do to reduce soreness and reduce stiffness so that I feel good in my workout tomorrow. So, you know, there's a lot of parts that go into that. Um, but as far as the physical goes, it's, it's improving the workouts, then also understanding how to recover from the workouts. A benefit that, that I noticed from starting yoga that corresponds to the way that I train in the gym is being able to, you know, as I mentioned prior, feeling that really strong mind muscle connection through yoga, I sort of cut out and began to implement new exercises based on how I would feel. A lot of guys in the gym, when they strength train, they'll do something because they think they're supposed to do it but they probably, they might not feel it at all where they're supposed to. Did yeah. you notice that happening with your training as well? So I have two phases of my weight training lane, body slash body. It wasn't bodybuilding. We'll call it weight training. I have the phase of when I was like 16 to 21, when I was just angrily throwing things around and, and, you know, getting out a lot of aggression on my weights and then I have my, oh, I learned a bunch of stuff with yoga. I learned a lot about getting the right muscles engaged, actually using my glutes, actually using my transverse abdominals, using my scapular stabilizers, um, all these muscles that most guys have issues activating because they're sitting all day. Um, once I learned all of that and started incorporating into weight training, it changed weight training for me completely. Um, I had to drop my weight drastically because I basically had to relearn. Um, I had to relearn most of the techniques. I noticed that, you know, if you're watching this on video, by the way, you should watch the video of this recording. Um, but I noticed that my shoulders would come like up and forward when I was doing bench press. Um, I noticed that when I was doing squats, I wasn't really using my glutes or my core at all. Um, with deadlift, I was literally just lifting with my low back. I'm super glad that nothing bad ever happened there. Um, but you know, there's just lots of, there's just lots of really poor techniques that you'll adopt and then you'll learn in a high school lifting atmosphere because you don't have, I mean, unless you go to, I'm trying to think of like, unless you go to the high school, that's what's, what's the show? What, I'm trying to think of like a high school show where like, it's a super, super expensive football program. So 
whatever that is, unless you go to this highly specialized high school where you've got like a personal lifting coach, most people aren't going to learn proper technique because you're 17, 18 years old. You can literally do whatever you want. And the next day you'll be fine. Like, oh, my back hurts a little bit. I'm like, well, if you were 20 years older, you'd have just herniated something. So you can really get away with a lot um, as a younger athlete. Um, but yeah, once I started incorporating everything that I learned, the muscle activation, having adequate mobility to do the lifts properly, um, and just being a lot more mindful about not just getting through the exercises, but actually like feeling them in the right ways, feeling powerful, feeling powerful while doing them, um, feeling all the right muscles engaging, not feeling pressure in my joints. Um, that's when the big, you know, that's when you really started to appreciate, um, what proper lifting meant. And of course, yoga was kind of my avenue for learning how to do that. Yeah, Dean, this is brilliant. I'm sure so many people can relate. I mean, I, especially like what you said about the bench press, like has been something that I've definitely, and Reed knows, cause we would train together all the time. Like I definitely dealt with that a lot because I have really poor scapular stability. Mm-hmm. And it really wasn't until I started leveraging your YouTube videos, targeting those specific areas that I realized just how, how weak certain, uh, like my, my lower traps were my, mm-hmm. my transverse abdominis. Like when I, I forgot you had some cue about, um, when you're in Cobra, that it should be all core and not low back. And like, once yeah. I started practicing that and I could genuinely feel the shift from the emphasis on my lower back to just using my core it was, it was transformative and it totally carried over to the way I trained and just my future yoga practices. So for these certain weaknesses that you've identified in muscle groups and movement patterns, what for someone who's a beginner to yoga or someone listening, what kind of yoga practices or movements could they kind of quickly integrate to, to fix and notice these issues? So there are a few poses that I think do a really good job of addressing building strength and mobility in ways that other exercises don't, that other things you won't find in yoga. Um, Things like a cobra, like you mentioned, um, something called a boat pose done with proper technique. Um, I think dolphin is a really great exercise for strengthening your shoulders and shoulder mobility. Um, But I'm really just going to have to refer you to my, my Roan series that I have on my YouTube channel, which is a program I designed specifically for guys who are not new to working out, but new to yoga. actually, that's what we eventually called it is new to yoga, not to fitness. Um, so that's like a kind of a four series crash course of workouts that are meant for guys who are trying to incorporate the benefits of yoga, but don't want to you know, drastically change, uh, what they're doing and are already in decent shape and working out regularly. I have a a, a follow-up question that is Mm. pretty similar. Last week, uh, we had Ebenezer Samuel, uh, the men's health fitness director on, and we were talking about beginning in fitness and just a couple tips to kind of implement that shift in lifestyle. Um, Mm. when you think about someone that's looking to get into yoga, um, or just looking for, for something new in fitness to try. Um, aside, of course, from checking out the, the Manflow Yoga YouTube page and the website, um, what are a few things that you think would be good starting points um, for someone looking to, to start their journey in yoga? 
So I have a few guidelines that I'd say. Um, you want to make it as, and a lot of this is kind of principles that I've taken directly from people like BJ Fogg, Tiny Habits, and James Queer, Atomic Habits. Love that um, book. Yeah, awesome stuff. Um, but basically, you want to make sure that it's easy at first. You want to make sure that it's enjoyable. And you want to make sure that you are realizing the benefits right after you do it. And the cool thing about yoga is that as long as you're doing it correctly, you will notice immediately afterwards, like your body's just going to feel better. Like working on strength and mobility at the same time with isometric exercises, like you do in yoga, um, just makes your body feel better. It, it loosens. I mean, it, it, it loosens and strengthens uh, muscles that are in a tight contracted position. Um, it helps with your posture. Uh, and even just changing your posture changes the hormones that your body is secreting. It's really cool. Wow. Um, so, you know, I would just say, start small, figure out a time in your day that it's, that it's really practical. Um, usually the morning is a good time and don't feel like you have to do like 60 minutes. You know, you can just do five minutes and notice and notice a benefit. Um, and then choose poses that interest you choose poses that are, that you notice and they could be interesting because maybe it's something that you want to work on, like a balancing pose. Um, or maybe it's something that's targeting a weak point or a problem area for you. Like maybe you have painful knees and you want to not feel knee pain during the day, or you have bad posture and you want to work on your posture. Um, so I would say just start with, you know, the easiest way to do it is to follow along to a video. That way you just, you know, I think that's the easiest thing in the world is just pressing a video, pressing play. And like, I'm just going to do whatever he does. Like to me, that just seems really easy to do. Um, but if you don't want to do a full video, keep in mind, you can only watch part of the video or you could just follow along the whole video. I even have people watch the video first and just get an idea of what's happening in it. And then they pick out a few poses and try them. Um, so don't feel like you have to do too much. Just do it in a way that's, that's manageable. Do it in a way that's going to be enjoyable for you and, and do it in a way um, that's going to provide some immediate results, some immediate benefits. What was it like to, to write a book? very curious how you approached it and balanced it with your yoga practice, your family, the rest of your life. I think that could be really valuable wisdom for a lot of our audience who they're, they're in college or they're just starting their, mm -hmm. their careers. And they're really formulating a sense of personal and professional purpose and uh, having all these lofty goals. It can be really, really hard to kind of execute and manage it all. Yeah. Um, so I've written two books. The first one was yoga fitness for men. Um, and then in December of 2021, we published yoga for athletes, uh, yoga fitness for men is a super popular book. Um, it's still selling a ton of books right now. Um, it does well, it does really well in the U S it does really well in the UK. Um, yoga for athletes has a similar trajectory so far. It's been really well received. And the, uh, well, the short answer to writing a book is it's, it's really hard to do in, in today's productivity world, just because we've gotten so used to having, you know, our phone, our computer meetings, whatever else you have. So it's really hard to be able to get into a place where you're, where you're, where you're so focused on a singular thing, like just looking at a blank document and saying, okay, I have to fill this out. 
um, is a really, it takes a ton of mindfulness. Um, it takes a lot of discipline. So doing things like shouting out distractions, putting things on do not disturb, making sure that your computer is as distraction-free as possible. So like making it full screen instead of seeing, being able to see the toolbar, like anything that you can do so that the only thing that you can see is what you're working on. So that's, that, that was a big part of it is just being able to isolate, just, you know, isolate distractions um, and be able to take breaks, you know, like commit to it for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, but then be able to step away for five minutes, let your brain relax, not dive back into, you know, all the other things that are going on. Um, and then as far as the process for creating the book, a big part of writing the book, the first part is coming up with the vision for the book. Like, who is this book going to be for? Um, what do you want to provide them? If, what is the goal for the book? Like, what do you want someone to be able to read this book and get out of it? And being able to answer those questions and from there to extrapolate what the actual content will be and what the actual format will be. Um, that's how, that, I think that's what made the book so successful is being able to have a vision for it and not just coming in and saying, I'm going to write poses and now I'm going to write a workout, but coming in and saying, this is the vision for the book. This is who we're going to help. This is how we want to do that. Um, and really taking a lot of time to think clearly on that uh, was really important. And then the last thing I'll say um, is I wrote Yoga Fitness for Men when I lived with my, my now wife. I lived with my wife at the time, but you know, we didn't have a child, so it was totally different. Um, and then last year uh, or two years ago, I, I made the questionable decision to reach out to my publisher and say, hey, let's write another book. And, um, you know, and I was kind of like, yeah, I'm going to have a kid, but we can do it. So the way that Yoga for Athletes was written was much more, there were intense periods of, there were intense immersive periods where I was like mostly focused on the book and I wasn't doing a ton of other stuff, but then I would like leave that for a couple of months at a time. And then I'd come back in and just due to the less sleep that I was getting and the overall decline of, I've got a lot more stuff going on and I've got a lot more stuff going on at home and in my business, I would come back into that book and I'd be like, what is this? What was I, what did I write? This is great stuff. Um, but it was, uh, that was, a, that was a bit more challenging. So to be able to stay organized, to be able to or keep things organized in a way so that you could come back into them, even when you weren't in the mindset. So getting as much as you can on paper, writing it out, um, being able to maintain that vision so that you could come back to it and get back into it without having to like go back and read everything. Um, I think that was something that was, that was, uh, that was really important for making sure that that book was, you know, as good as I want, as good as I wanted it to be. Yeah. There's a lot of wisdom there, especially what you said about, uh, you know, shutting out distractions. I feel like, I mean, you know, we've never been more distracted, uh, or society has than, mm -hmm. than, you know, the, the present moment. And I wonder if, you've found or noticed any like translatability from the yoga mat to your ability to kind of shut out distractions. Cause one of the things I found really enjoyable about yoga that differs from, from the gym is that even, even in the gym, I, I have my headphones on, 
I, you know, I have my phone with me. I can, I can always chat. Like, even if I'm tracking my, uh, my rest time pretty, pretty strictly, I'm using my phone to do so. Like if I get a text, I can look at it and it can vary, but on the yoga mat, it's kind of just you and your breath and you're going at a particular cadence and you're constantly moving for that set period of time. So mm -hmm. have you noticed any, any benefits from the yoga mat as it relates to your, to your work and, and life outside? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's mostly subconscious. I think that you're practicing it when you're doing yoga and it just kind of carries over into your day. Um, but where I've really noticed it and where I've had to practice being aware of it, you know, it's, it's really the awareness it's, it's that yoga gives you opportunities to practice awareness and that just carries over into other aspects of your life. So, you know, if you notice that you're working and you're like, kind of jump in. It's really easy to get sucked up into that productivity mindset where you're like, I'm doing this. Now I'm over here and I'm doing this. Now I'm going to open this window and like, oh, let me respond to this guy really quick. And you can do that for like a solid two hours and realize like, oh my gosh, why am I doing this to myself? Like my brain is in over, you know, my brain is in like overdrive mode right now. Um, I'm hungry. I don't like, you know, I'm not my my work isn't that great right now. Like I'm not putting out high quality content. I'm just, I'm just trying to be busy. So practicing awareness has carried over into those areas where I notice, okay, like I need to take a break right now. I need to stop and go for a five minute walk, or I need to stop what I'm doing and focus on the task that I want to be doing rather than replying to all these different things that are going on. Um, you know, and as far as in my other parts of my life, uh, being able to practice being present in, you know, things that are supposed to be relaxing. Like when I'm on my walks with my dogs, um, you know, when I'm hanging out with my son, who's a uh, 19 months old now, um, when I'm with my wife and we're having, you know, a, a difficult conversation, um, you know, uh, I think practicing awareness through yoga has carried over into, you know, everything that I do. In general, with, with productivity, um, those were some really great points regarding not getting distracted. A lot of the, the early conversations that we had in our first five to 10 episodes had to do with, you know, scheduling for success and kind of just planning out how you were going to go through your day and make sure that you got done what you got wanted to get done. And, you know, you led to happy, healthy and productive days. What do you kind of do to, to keep yourself on track in terms of that? Note cards. <laughs> um, I have a note card. Uh, I have note cards for every day. Um, I have note cards for calls that I do. I have note cards for um, when I'm working on, well, if I'm doing some sort of brainstorming, um, I have a note card for my week. So I, I write out all the things that I have going on this week. Um, just to, I mean, the, the more that I can put onto paper and get out of my head, the, the more I'm able to have headspace to focus on the task at hand. So that's something that's, that's really important. Um, I usually try to, uh, and I don't have to do everything on the note card. It's just kind of a taking into account. These are the things that I'd like to get done today. Um, and then when you finish something, you kind of cross something out and then you write what's next. So, 
there's this 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 format is largely based on something called a work shutdown process by Cal Newport. Um, it covers this in his book Deep Work, which was I think like 2016. Uh, I'm not sure when the book was published, but um, yeah, the idea is that you're just you're kind of keeping a you're kind of keeping a constantly changing to-do list. Um, and it's not so important that you do everything on the list the day that you set it, but it is important to maintain it so that if something comes up or it doesn't go as expected, you at least, okay, this is where I'm at now. So that you can, especially when you're done with the day, then you can say, okay, this is where I left off. This is where I'm going to come back tomorrow. I'm going to shut down this part of my brain and like, and go relax and go recover for the evening. That's awesome. I, uh, I really like that. And it sparked a, a memory from when we had Scott Simon, who's a, a mental health and performance coach for the San Diego State Aztecs basketball team. He does something similar with note cards, but for a different purpose. He hmm. keeps a note card in a lot of different areas around his house with kind of reminders of his overarching goals, whether they're hmm. smaller day-to-day things or, or kind of larger scale life goals um, and just keeping those around so that in, in a similar way to you, it's, it's ever-changing. It's something that, you know, it doesn't have to get done right now, but it's, it's a reminder that that's, mm. that's what you're about. So I really, I really like that. Yeah, I think that, I think that environment design is really important and overlooked. Um, you know, I used, to look at, I used to look at me buying things around my house as like, oh, I'm just doing this to like fill a void. Or like I'm doing this because mm. something else is missing. And then I kind of shifted um, a couple of years ago. And I decided that me spending money on my house and my environment was a really important investment because having all these things around me, reminding me of what's important to me is just constant remind, you know, they're like those note cards. They're just constant reminders of, Hey, this is important to me. Um, and this is something that you want to keep in mind as you're going about your day. So um, environment design is, is um, not just important for habit formation, which is a whole nother topic, um, but also for just reminding yourself of what's important. Like I look at my office and I'm like, okay, here's like my, my little YouTube plaque is over here. That's important to me. Or I look behind me and I've got, my, I've got my weight rack and I've got my hot wife. And like, I remember the things that are important to me. So I've got all these reminders in here to, you know, to, to remind me of my values. Yeah, I love it. It resonates with me so much. Uh, as someone who read Atomic Habits the, the week before I started my job as a consultant, I just graduated college uh, this past May. And so mm-hmm. uh, I've experienced a lot of growth in the last nine months, a lot of different change. And I also implement, I implement the same thing. I have a notebook that's kind of like my kind of like work-life notebook where mm-hmm. I have like my, my work wins, the, the work tasks I need to get done that's like intrinsic to my job, but also kind of like my, my life tasks, just like the random errands to do activities that, like you said, for the week, you know, sometimes I won't get it done on the day I write it, but just knowing that it's there, getting it out of my head. So it's not Mm -hmm. the kind of thing that when I'm walking to the gym, I'm like, ah, crap, like I have to worry about this later. I have to pay this bill or, you know, call this person. Um, definitely essential to like decluttering, my, my brain, I think it has, you know, broad applicability to whatever one does, um, more about your environment, just cause I'm an, I'm an avid reader. Um, I see you have quite an impressive bookshelf behind you. Is there any, any particular book that has had a you know, big influence on, on your life or favorite book? Yeah. Um, 
my favorite book probably is Flow, um, The Psychology of Optimal Experience by Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. Yes, I know how to pronounce it. Impressive. Um, thank you. Um, that book has just been, that book just really resonated with me. Um, I'm not quite sure what it was, but that book just speaks to my soul. Um, the ideas, the concept of flow, the idea that you're immersing yourself in something, challenging yourself to an appropriate level, commensurate with your skill and the difficulty of the task involved, doing something that's important to you, um, being able to do it for the intrinsic benefits of the activity itself rather than the extrinsic rewards. That book just yeah, it just it just reminds me to do things that are important to me and to do to to immerse myself in things to be to try to be present in them. So those are some some great values. And I think that leads us perfectly into the way that we typically wrap this thing up with a game of mm. take it on trivia. Um, oh, usually a, a favorite book is is an integral part of that. But mm. uh, on, on a few other notes. Um, I'll start off with, uh, what's a, what's a role model of yours or someone that you look up to, um, to, to find inspiration or just, uh, in, in your, in your life. My grandfather, because he is an entrepreneur, he's, his family is very important to him. He's active. He's, um, he's curious about things, um, like he wants to learn new things. Um, he's involved in a lot of things. He's, uh, yeah, I think he just does a really good, I think he does a very good job of, of, of creating balance in his life and doing it on his terms and, 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 and also living by his values. So. That's brilliant. I'm also, I'm for sure adding flow to my reading list. I'm, I'm excited for that. Probably deep work too. So that's by Carl Newport, Cal Newport. Cal, Cal Newport. Yeah. Deep work is a cool book too. I'm just going to look at my bookshelf and see if there's any other ones that I'm, uh, I'm really into. And I'll, I'll try to avoid like the, you know, I'll try to avoid the ones that everyone talks about. Uh, good to great is also a really good book. Um, that I think is, uh, I think it's still pretty relevant. I don't think it's, out of the, uh, you know, out of the top readings list, seven highly habits, always a good book to go through. Um, and then what's my, my one more, uh, um, I just saw it. Oh, uh, subtle art of not giving a fuck is cool. Oh yeah. I've seen it at all the airports. Yeah. I gotta check it out at some point. Yeah. And I like that book a lot because it's, um, I'm giving you way too many books for your answer, but um, I like that book a lot because it reframes the ideal of entitlement. I think a lot of people don't truly grasp like what entitlement means. And it's not just something that rich privilege kids have. It's, it's something that like the, it's, it's something that accompanies a victim mindset too. Anytime you think that you're special is wrong because in the history of human society, there have been millions of people that have gone through the exact same situations that you have. And if you say that a certain process doesn't work for you, that has been proven to work for, you know, thousands or millions of other people, then that's, that's just another form of entitlement. Um, so um, being able to have that broken down and a few other really awesome concepts in there has, was really helpful for me. That sounds awesome. 
do you have a like a mantra or like a quote or just like kind of like words of wisdom that you like to apply to your daily life or just like you know something you live by i wish i did um but i don't i think uh i think i tried to yeah i really don't i think the most important advice i've heard as far as just day-to-day living is to just do it honestly is the nike slogan to just do it and you can like change course later on but it's much i think it's much more important to just decide on something and do it rather than taking time to decide on which path you want to go so for me i just i haven't been i haven't been as decisive as i always wanted to be uh when i was as I got older, I realized, I finally, I kind of realized like my dad had just constantly been saying, make a decision, make a decision, make a decision. And, uh, it, I don't know what it did to me, but it made me not want to make a decision. Um, so like, I kind of realized that, uh, maybe a few years ago that, oh, wow, I'm really don't make decisions. And I thought I was doing that because I wanted to give people more options and be more accommodating to them. But, um, I think really most people just want someone to make a decision for them and, and get going and get and do it. So, um, you know, make a decision to do it is something that I, that I try to do. Awesome. I love that. I think that's pretty in line with, with ours and, and the name of the show, take it on, you know, whatever it is, don't necessarily mm-hmm. worry about it. Just attack it head on and, and see, see how it goes. Dean, mm-hmm. this has, this has been a great conversation. I'm so glad we could make this happen. You're full yeah, of wisdom, and I, I hope that everyone out there listening oh, wow. was able to absorb some something good from today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, Dean, Absolutely. thanks a ton. Super inspiring figure, and just really, really motivates me to you know keep up my yoga practice. So keep doing you. An awesome mission, awesome brand, and I can't wait to check out Yoga for Athletes. Thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Where can uh, where can our audience find you? Manflow Yoga on YouTube. Where else? Yeah, I'm on YouTube. I'm on, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. You guys even use Facebook? Birthdays mostly, but that's probably okay. It. Birthdays, yeah. Jeez, yeah. I'm on Instagram. Uh, I'm on YouTube, and YouTube's probably the best place to to find me and follow along to a workout. So YouTube.com/slash/manflowyoga. Awesome. Thanks, Dean. Take care. Yeah, Sweet. you too. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Jones, it's about time that, uh, that we made this happen. Dean was one of the first guys we reached out to. It took us a while, but we, we stuck through it and, and made it happen. I'm glad we did it. Totally. Michael Scott, appreciate your advice to, you know, always, always follow up on your, on your emails. Really glad we were able to make this happen. And yeah, a couple, a couple immediate takeaways. The first is that uh, ever since our recording last week, I've been doing yoga a little bit every day. And I forgot how, how, just how much better I feel. It's such a nice, like early morning when you wake up 15, 20 minutes, uh, start to your day mid morning, uh, or even just pre or post workout, just get your body feeling good, the blood moving. And there's certainly a lot to be said about the movement patterns that Dean was talking about, just helping. And like kind of what Ed was saying too, just helping, helping your posture, getting your hips, right. Um, and so really glad I started to integrate that back in my life. Cause this summer I was in a really good groove where when I was in Ann Arbor, um, and, and still a bit in Chicago, I would do yoga in the sun, like every day. And it was just awesome. I felt so flexible, so conducive to my running practice and just like, I don't know, great way, great way to spend time. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is that just 
ironically, uh, Cal Newport, the, the author of, I think it's called Deep Work that Dean plugged at the end of the episode. He just released a podcast episode on the Tim Ferriss show. Cannot recommend it enough. Really brilliant stuff about uh, how to write, how to think, uh, like slow productivity and concentration. Uh, if you're looking for just like, an, you know, if you got two hours to kill and you want to learn about how to just like optimize your, your productivity and your work output, uh, great episode. Awesome. I'll definitely give that a listen. Um, and hopefully after people are done listening to this, they'll go tune into that one. Uh, but yeah, I echo a lot of what you said. And I think a challenge that I'm going to put out there for myself, I definitely think it's a little bit harder to do yoga following a workout. My, my training's very intense. And by the time that I'm done, it makes the posing so much harder. Um, so I'm going to challenge myself to three times a week, do yoga before my lift, um, just so that I can get the, get the body moving and, you know, just promote a little bit more flexibility and get into another habit. That's, that's going to benefit me. I love it, man. Especially the way you're thinking about this in terms of like structuring when you would do it just because knowing you like a lift is non-negotiable. And so if you do yoga, if you, if you enforce it so that you do yoga prior to the lift, uh, you will get it done. Like if you can't lift until you do yoga, you'll do yoga. Cause you know, you're going to get to your lift, but it can be very easy. You're tired. You can think of like time crunch, whatever excuse to prevent you from, from hitting the mat after lift. I totally get that. Yeah. Couldn't uh, be more spot on the amount of times that you've had to beg me to do abs with you after a workout. So I know, I man. Think, you uh, hate that ever. <laughs> yeah. I think doing uh, it awesome. prior is going to be important. Awesome. Reed. Uh, great talk as always, man. Uh, always thankful we get to do this. Just a little bit of my gratitude for the day. Thankful for the listeners, the family that supports us. Happy belated birthday to Leslie Milkins. Mama Milkins, uh, thank you for supporting us. Shout out, Mama, buddy. Uh, yeah, with that, take 24. We are out of here. We will catch you guys again next week. Deuces. Uh, deuces. Deuces.